every phase of your life or every level of your life that you're wanting to level up to requires a different version of you. There's the cliche quote, you don't get in life what you want, you get in life who you are. Welcome to The Success Club, the podcast where we delve into all things business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade, multiple seven-figure business owner and business coach with a passion for helping people succeed and blaze their own trail in business. If you are ready to up-level your skills, your mindset, and step into your next level self, then you've come to the right place. Think of me as your business bestie, as we navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and life. Each week, I'll be taking you through business strategies, along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am very excited to announce my special guest speaker, Lewis Huckstep. He is a mindset and personal development coach. He is based here on the Gold Coast, so he's a Gold Coast local as I am. And today's conversation is all about mindset in business. We go over so many good, juicy topics, such as how to overcome limiting beliefs, how to build confidence in yourself. We go into a little bit of emotional intelligence as to how to kind of work through triggers and different things that might come up for us as a leader and as a business owner. And I know you guys are going to absolutely love today's episode. Without further ado, get straight into the episode with Lewis. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lewis. It's great to have you on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. It's amazing. So Lewis is an amazing coach. He works a lot with mindset and personal development. Um, I'd love for you to just tell my audience a little bit about your background and what you're known for. Beautiful. Um, I find I always answer this question slightly different, but uh, look, I, I struggled emotionally growing up, very emotional, volatile upbringing with mum, dad, abusive, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically. Uh, got diagnosed with Asperger's, ADHD, autism, struggled a lot with communication, with friends, with my emotions, with knowing who I am, where I wanted to go. Uh, fast forward uh, a fair bit, got into, I guess, sports. That was really an outlet for me. Uh, did relatively well, represented Queensland, um, was contracted professionally from the ages of 12 to 18, then got into the business world because I started to lose the passion for the sports and yeah, got into business and <clears throat> the when you get into the self-development realm for me, it was like just discovering fire. I was like, holy shit, this stuff is amazing. Like got into Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, Demartini, Joe Dispenza, Peter Crone, like the just the the array of beautiful teachers and, and people out there and really loved it. Went into business as we were speaking before we clicked record and opened up a couple of studios. So opened up three gyms by the age of 22. Uh, two, very naively though, not in a sustainable way. So ended up giving one of my businesses away to my business partner. I sold another one. I've currently got one under management and yeah, I've always been drawn to doing this. I've always been curious about it. I've always enjoyed helping people more than just macros and proteins and calories and, and training. I, I really enjoyed like people being their most authentic self, knowing their purpose, knowing how to heal, knowing how to create a life that they love. And 
yeah, I've been indirectly sort of leaning into this direction for a long time. And I've been doing it, I guess, full time for just over a year and a half. I've been coaching P for, for about 10 years. But yeah, just loved it. And I love uh, giving my gift to whoever whoever wants it. That's so amazing. You've honestly accomplished so much in such a short amount of time, which is great. I'd love to know with your business, when you first started out your gyms and you went to open a gym, that's a huge undertaking and it's such a big thing. How did you kind of come to that realization that you wanted to open a business and how did you get the confidence to really step into that? Look, to be absolutely real, I struggled a lot with confidence. That was probably one of my bigger wounds when I was growing up is confidence, self-belief that I can do things. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I can't do it. Whatever variation other people can relate to. And I never wanted to, to be honest. I, I always wanted more. I wanted to be successful. Whatever I did, I tried to do my best, whether it's sports or schooling, like everything I did, I, I put my best foot forward. And yeah, I didn't I definitely didn't have the goal I want to open gyms. It's like I wanted I wanted to be a high school teacher and a personal trainer. That was the goal. And then I got into the fitness industry and then I read Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad about trading time for money. I was like, no, I don't want to go do that. But uh, I just learned like I don't want to trade like the time for money. I want to be financially successful. I want to look after my family. I want to have freedom. I want to have impact. And yeah, so I learned that um, before the gym. So the gym early days, the model was bring people down to the gym and you get them onto network marketing. So it was like supplements that we were doing. So that was my first kind of introduction into business. And I think network marketing is a fantastic introduction for a lot of people just to learn sales, marketing, overcoming fear, putting yourself out there, being rejected, recruiting people. And yeah, it just kind of the the model and the the direction of the the gym business it just kind of went that way and yeah when i was 20 uh, my business partner or or soon to be business partner offered me to buy half the gym off him at 20 years old and i was i'm I'm sure you've heard of this term yourself with what you do but it's like at the start of a business or a business journey there's the uninformed optimist phase that you go through where it's like yeah let's go let's do it but you don't realize like the, the the depth and the commitment of what it really takes uh, so I was just a yes person. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Why not? Let's do that. And then literally within six months of opening the first one, my business partner is like, why don't we do a second one? I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And I was still like heavily involved in this business. Didn't have a great team of leaders or team at all, really. Uh, but I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Yes, let's do it before really thinking through like the risk, the reward, the the alignment with where I want to go which is completely different to where I am now. But yeah, I was very naive to be real with you. I didn't really think it through, but it all happens for a reason. I got to have the fast track learning. I think I got like 10 years of experience in about three. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a great journey, but um, yeah, didn't have a plan to it, just where life took me. I love that. And I love that you said you're a yes person and that you just gave it a go because I think so many people struggle to even try things. They want to do all these things. They have that passion. They have that desire but they're too afraid to say yes and just even yeah. try something. Even if it's not perfectly in alignment with where you're going to end up eventually, as you said, you still learned so much along the way. And I think that's such an important component as well. And I love that you said you started in network marketing because I actually did network marketing myself awesome. for a little while. And I kind of cringe now that I look back at some of the messages that I sent people and, hey, I have an opportunity for you and all those things that I did. But honestly, it was such a good learning curve for me in my business. One of the biggest things was I was able to be surrounded by other people who were like-minded, very heavily focused on personal development. So all in all, it was actually a great experience and it taught me a lot to lead me to where I am today. So I love that aspect that you had that as well. 
Yeah, I, I find it's like a, a an apprenticeship for business. You got to learn the basics. I find I've I've I don't know if you, if you found the same thing. Well, you're an example of it. A lot of people can start there, but I, not a lot of people finish there uh, because once you've learned how to sell and market and build the sort of commercial side, and you've got obviously the mindset to go with it. It's like instead of selling something that you're not that's not you. You might like the product and you might use it, but it's not really who you are. And then you can learn how to commercialize you, whether it's hair coaching fashion or whatever the business is um most people will will make their way there eventually yeah absolutely i agree um and when you had your gym businesses obviously running a brick and mortar business is very different to running an online business what would you sort of say the main you know pros and cons are to both because i obviously have both as well and i know that they're very different businesses i just love to know from your perspective what your experience has been like running both types of businesses yeah it's a beautiful question look if i was to start all over again if i've gained the lessons i've gained i get to keep the lessons i would go straight to service base to be honest um just for the 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 overheads alone like our our studio at the moment i think is about five and a half thousand a week so you need to make that just to break even uh, then you got the risk, you got employees leaving, you got all the like, you got you just things, machines break, equipment breaks, you need insurances, you got neighbors, you got noise complaints. Like there's all these other things that you got to, uh, uh, I guess, battle with. Pros and cons though, like it, it. Look, I would be looking at for me, or I guess the biggest pros and cons for me is when I started, I didn't have much value for me, so I needed a product or a service that I could sell. Hence network marketing, hence the gym. That wasn't me. Like I, could I coach people when I first started? No, I could barely help myself, right? So once you've got the results, the rewards, the lessons, the the wisdom, then you can then obviously, I guess, commercialize yourself and sell that service. But I needed to sell something that had value because I didn't have much value. So I, the gym was that, like the workouts, the training, the nutrition, the body scans and all that stuff that we were doing. So that was the value because I didn't have much value. And that's just the honesty that you need to make when you're first starting. You probably have very little value because you're just starting. You're going to, you're literally the worst you're going to be because you've just started. So it's like when you see those 18 year old relationship coaches out there, it's like, really? <laughs> How long relationship have you had? So, and that makes me laugh and, and giggle a bit, but, and I used to have a bit of that vibe to me too, so I can relate to that, but intention's good. But yeah, for me, it's, uh, I guess the biggest difference is definitely the risk and the reward. Like a service-based business, you can start literally now for free, like depending on what you're doing. And I'd recommend that for most people. Cause like, again, naively I was saying yes to all these things. And it's like the studio was like a hundred uh, early, we did it very, very cheaply to start with. Like I bought, I, I put a $30,000 deposit down and then vendored about 120 grand off the first one. And then it was like 200 for the second. Then it was like 200 again for the third. Like that's almost 500, $600,000. And I'm like, oh my God, I think they're doing that again versus like literally you can start literally now and then you can bootstrap it until you've got enough revenue come through to start to delegate and systemize. And like literally I'm doing between sort of 30 to 100 grand a month now and like my overheads are like a thousand bucks a month. I'm just like, it's like two different universes. It's so, um, yeah, there's there's pros and cons to it. You get to learn about negotiating with landlords. You get like, again, your face is not as uh, prominent of it because the, it's the gym, not me, depending on the business model, obviously. But yeah, tons of different pros and cons, but service-based all day long for me now online. Yeah, I agree. I have multiple locations as well. And I opened up one a year ago and it was literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was yeah. so much money and it's so much of your money that just gets sunk into a location that's, yeah. you know, you've got to then make all that money back. And like you said, the overheads, the staff, 
there's a lot, there's so much to think about. So I'm completely in alignment with that. I would definitely start service-based online. That's how I would start if I was going to start out all over again. So I definitely agree with that. I'd love to know as well, something that a lot of my clients, my coaching clients, and a lot of people, my audience come to me with is they want to start a business or maybe they have started a business, but they are stuck with limiting beliefs or they're feeling like either they're not confident to start a business or they have started it, but they're not confident to take it to that next level. They're not confident to hire their first employee or to really see how far they can take the business. I'd love to know what you would say to someone in that position who's maybe struggling with the confidence or the limiting beliefs. Mm, there's so much in that and it's a beautiful question and look there's so much in there like I could talk for hours on this but like just one way to, to look at it is that every every phase of your life or every level of your life that you're wanting to level up to requires a different version of you there's the cliche quote you don't get in life what you want you get in life who you are so if your business your health your relationship your finances your bank account everything if it's not where you want it to be it's because you're not where you need to be and for that, it's the constant shedding of the skin to become the more evolved version of you. And whether that be, say, limiting beliefs is what you're referring to today, it's becoming aware of those subconscious or sometimes conscious, well, it needs to become conscious before you can dissolve it. It's becoming aware of those limitations, becoming aware of where you're triggered, becoming aware of where you have resistance and judgment and negative self-talk, and then having your strategy of how to dissolve it. I've obviously got mine doing what I do for my clients. And yeah, it's, it's been able to just release those subconscious restraints that we have. And the best example that I can think of now, um, really doing this for about, like I said, about 10 years of actually having these types of conversations and coaching is we are born limitless. We are born without restraints, but we are programmed through them or we get them programmed into us through our upbringing. I've never met a baby who thinks they're not good enough. I've never met a baby who's overwhelmed of like anxious about failure, right? It's like you can be anything, an astronaut, a rock star, an athlete. You can do anything, right? But then you pick up these beliefs that I'm not enough. Life is scary. I'm not lovable. I'm not deserving of whatever it is, which is just all unconscious limitations, but they're also, they're also not true because they're true because you believe them to be true, but they're not a universal truth. Like a good example is a universal truth is always consistent, like gravity. Gravity is always on. It doesn't just, oh, I don't feel like working today. But if I'm not enough, that needs to be true 100% of the time. And I know every single person listening to this has experiences, even if they're small, where you have been enough, whether it's getting a hug from a stranger, whether someone liking your photo, whether someone giving you a compliment, like everyone's got some reference at one point in time of them being enough. And that shows that what you're saying is not the truth. It's your truth, but it's not the truth. And then having your ways of dissolving that, I've got mine, whether there's a balancing angle that I take or a healing angle that I take or a dissolving angle that I take, they're all very similar. They kind of all, all roads lead to Rome essentially, but it's just finding your way of limiting, of dissolving those limitations because those are the anchors that will always keep you trapped. That is the glass ceiling. If you believe you're not enough, I had um, a prime example, one of my beautiful clients, she kept self-sabotaging and, and stopping herself from being successful with her business, actually um, in the hair industry, actually like yourself. So she just kept cock blocking herself, kept self-sabotaging, kept getting in her own way. And I just asked her, I said, what's the downside of you being successful? And it took her a while to hit that. It's like, oh, and like she came all these words and something that came up, so I'll be alone. I said, like, okay, interesting. So I went back, I said to, because you're lonely at the top, right? Success is lonely at the top. So I said, fantastic. I said, well, tell me, when was the most painful experience of you experiencing being alone? 
went back seven years old. Her brother moved out of home. Her parents weren't there for her. And she learned, and long story short of this, this story, is she learned that being alone is scary. Now, if you live in a world where being alone is scary, can you see the consequence of your actions because of that belief? You won't put yourself out there. You won't take the action. She wanted to move country and she wouldn't do it because the world is scary, essentially. And these are just little... Uh, and I we went through other things like she watching the news at 6 p.m. I asked her that and she's like, oh my God, every night at 6 p.m. I would literally go to bed scared because of the world like blowing up because the news scares you, right? And it's just all these little breadcrumbs and these little subconscious programs that we pick up through mom, dad, upbringing, the news, society, religion. And it just literally programs who we are. And some of them are very subtle and very loose and very elusive. So it's really, it's, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the scariest part. Like you might know, oh my God, I feel a little bit insecure because I got cheated on in a relationship. That might be a bit easier to dissolve. But to have something when you were like, oh my God, I haven't thought about that in 50 years or 20 years or 10 years, those ones can be a little bit more slippery. And so that's where, again, you probably need someone a little bit more precision to come in and, and help you with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, you will always make your beliefs true. I think Henry Ford said it said it best. If you believe you can or if you believe you can't, you're right. So if you believe you're not enough, you will make that true. You won't be successful because you're not enough. You'll attract and mirror, you'll attract partners who mirror that in you to prove again that you're not enough. There's that exercise, you're probably aware of it yourself, that like Tony Robbins does it. My partner just got back from Tony Robbins actually. And they do, he does the exercise like look for red, look for red, look for red and you'll, you'll find red. And then he says, look for blue, look for blue and you find more. Because you're finding it, you're making it true. You're making it true that you're inadequate, that life's scary, that I can't handle it, that I'm not deserving, that I'm not worthy. And until you dissolve that, you will just take one step forward, two steps back, and you'll just float around this sort of plateau glass ceiling until you release that. And that's where I I lean so much more heavier on the mindset than the tactics because I'm sure you've experienced this. The tactics, once you find them, they're not like complicated. Unless you're like coding stuff and you're like, you're like, like, like high tech coding and stuff like that, or you're a rocket scientist. But most strategies are that hard, right? Like send some DMs, off, send some offers, put up an ad, put 10 bucks in a day, 20 bucks in a day, like talk to people. And like, it's not that crazy the action we need to take, but why aren't we taking the action? So, yeah, I'm not sure if you've got anything out of that, but there's, um, it's a big, big, big rabbit hole that you can dive into. Oh, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. I think the limiting beliefs, it's just what holds so many people back. And it's so interesting that, you know, it is just how we were raised. It's how we were kind of programmed. But the good part is we we have the ability to change that. We we're in control of that, which is amazing. And I definitely struggle with, I still struggle with limiting beliefs myself. Even now I've had my business for 16 years. You know, we turn over multi-million dollars a year in revenue. And when I went to start my coaching business, it took me about a year and a half to actually get started because I kept thinking, what if I don't know how to teach people how to run a business? What if I'm not good enough? And even at the point that I'm at now, all these years under my belt and all this evidence that I am good enough, I still have to work through those limiting beliefs and I still have to constantly go, okay, that's not true. That's just a story you're telling yourself. You need to work through this. So it's interesting too, because you never get to a point where you're like, I'm done. I'm good. Like I can just sit back and relax now. You know, it's a constant thing that you have to be mindful of and aware of. In a fast-paced world, time is everything. And for busy business owners like you, efficiency is key. That's why I use Flowdesk, the ultimate email building platform designed to save you time and skyrocket your business success. With Flowdesk, creating stunning emails is a breeze. Say goodbye to complicated interfaces and coding. 
Flowdesk's user-friendly editor empowers you to design captivating emails in minutes. They also have amazing automations which help you to save time and money. If you've ever gotten an email from me, you would have seen the beautiful design as I use Flowdesk for all my emails. Flowdesk offers a vast collection of templates crafted to match your brand's unique style. If you are interested in trying Flowdesk on a free trial, you can go to shakirajade.com forward slash Flowdesk to find out more, or use my code shakirajade at checkout to save 50% off your first year. Join myself and thousands of other entrepreneurs who use and trust Flowdesk. And I'd love to know, do you have any exercises or anything that you kind of particularly do to work through some of these feelings and emotions? Yeah, for sure. So firstly, um, again, I, I love your level of vulnerability. I think it's uh, why your audience would love you so much and relate to you so much because we're all humans. We're all doing the best of what we have. And like, I like that quote, I think it's from Peter Crone that you can't be held accountable to things you're oblivious to. So it's, like again you're doing the best with what you have and so is your mom so is your dad so is your partner so is your clients everyone's doing the best with what they have but then when you become aware of the work which is essentially your question then it's then over to you you've then been blessed with the the great spider-man quote with great uh, power comes great responsibility when you've got the power and awareness of how to do your work then it's over to you and i've got I i do tons of examples of my relationship i like to share vulnerability as well on on my socials and like whenever a a trigger which is where i'll get to comes to the surface for me or my partner once we i guess get through the storm and we regulate and we let the dust settle it's then on whoever's trigger came up it's on that person to go do the work through it because if you choose not to change you're choosing to keep it and then the other part for me is being aware of where you're triggered and i do a lot of videos on this where your triggers are your greatest gifts your triggers reveal where you are not free and i actually posted a video this morning or i think yesterday was nothing ever triggers you it just reveals in you where you haven't healed and if you get that subtle distinction it's really really powerful empowering nothing you can you could say the most hurtful thing to me right now shakira you could say like lewis you are the most worthless useless ugly whatever thing you could say to me if anything comes up in me it's because there's something in me you're just revealing what's in me okay and i'm not saying tolerate bad behavior this is not that conversation but it's being aware of when you're triggered is, is the answer. And then using your own introspection, if you've got the awareness to, and just lean into it. What in me is being brought to the surface right now? What is this person mirroring or reflecting in myself that I haven't dissolved yet? And then you go down, what is your modality or way of doing that? I have my way. I'm a very head heavy person. So we identify what it is. And I've got a list of questions that go through and dissolve it 100% of the time. There's limitations with that because what if you can't find it? What if it happened to you when you're two, six months old? You can't remember it. Great. There's a book behind me. or you might not be able to see it. No, I can't really see it. But it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And your body and your nervous system will remember it. You might forget it because your ego blocks it out or you just it's too early for your conscious mind to comprehend what happened. But it will stay in your nervous system until it gets dissolved. And that's where the modalities come into play. Just try all of them. I've constantly got some form of a coach. Just journaling, meditating, sitting within it because your intelligence and source knows how to heal without actually doing anything um but yeah there's uh, a multitude of ways it's just finding the way that i guess is right for you and try them all i I recommend try them all i love that i think that's such good advice just to try different things and see what works because some something that might work for one person may not work for another and i definitely agree i find personally journaling my limiting beliefs and 
that's a really big, powerful one for me is just putting that pen to paper and writing them out. And I think some people as well think they're afraid to kind of pick up a pen and paper. They think, oh, I'm just thinking about it. That's enough. But without actually writing it down and getting it, like physically getting it out of your body, it's not the same, you know? So I think journaling is really powerful way to work through some of these things. And definitely meditation is another thing I do as well, which I love. And I feel like that brings a lot up to the surface for me when I really meditate and think about some of those deeper things. But I also love what you said about the awareness. I think the awareness piece, just being aware of these beliefs that you might have about yourself is the first step. It's, you know, looking for those triggers, looking for what people say to you that can really, you know, bring that awareness to the surface of something that you perhaps weren't aware of before, or it's not something obvious. Like you said, there's certain things that are obvious that have happened in your life that are a really big, obvious thing that are going to give you these traumas. But it's often those underlying things that we're not even really aware of that we've got to try to pull out that are going to make the biggest difference and the biggest change. Absolutely. Like I've got a multitude of examples from me and my partner and my clients. Awareness is key. But again, like people are doing the best what they have. It's just having the awareness. Okay. No one can actually trigger me. They're just revealing in me parts I haven't integrated yet. So thank you for triggering me because now I've got that awareness that I can go meditate on, sit on, coach on. If you've got a therapist, you might bring it to their attention. Hey, look, I was driving this the other day or something set, my partner did this or something happened at work and this really set me off. And if you've got a, a good therapist or a good coach or someone who knows how to do it, they'll be able to guide you down the path and, and have you have that release and have that breakthrough and have that elevation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is so true, especially in an intimate relationship. It's such a mirror for who you are as a person. And it's sometimes very confronting. And I think as well, it even applies to business too. When you've got a team, like I've got a team of 25, you know, women, I have to also manage their triggers and things that come up for them when I'm working with them. And, you know, as a leader and as, you know, a business owner, you have to also learn not only to manage your own triggers, but to work with other people in, you know, a business setting to kind of help them work through things. Because like you said, you don't want all those little things to build up and that resentment to build and that big explosion where they leave or, you know, something happens, you really do have to work through those relationships in a business sense. Do you have anything that you would, some advice that you would give on how to sort of manage a team and how to kind of work with those situations? Oh, beautiful, beautiful question, by the way. Obviously, you've done a lot of work on yourself personally and professionally. So um, that's a beautiful question. So um, yeah, so definitely like it, I think it definitely comes back to culture, having the culture of a safe space, like something I've done a couple of presentations and speaks for some businesses and like something that I personally strongly disagree with is don't bring your shit to work. And I understand this truth to it. So I'll sort of explain that. It's not bring your shit to work and project it onto everyone and your clients. Don't do that. But why not create a safe enough space with your team, with your employees, with your culture and with your company where you have the safety and the ability to come and actually share openly what's going on? So for me, um, so structurally, what does that look like for our team? We do daily huddles every single morning. Um, so depending on the day, so Monday's different, Friday's a bit different, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, are pretty much the same. But we go through, how are you personally and professionally out of 10? So uh, I know, so for example, for me right now, I'm probably about a nine. I'd say not even a 10. I feel really good personally. Professionally, probably an eight. Haven't had as many sales come through the pipeline as I'd want to. Um, so that's probably why. So if someone says a six or whatever it may be, we say, okay, is everything okay? What can we do to challenge or support you through this? We need two things to grow, challenge, support. So which one, what do you need from us? So that's a cultural and I guess a systematic way of implementing that. 
But I think for me, it's really like, and you said it really, really well. I actually had um, Sabri Subi on my podcast uh, last week or the week before. It comes out this Monday as well. So, um, and I went really personal with him, like like personal stuff, because I don't think you get to see too much of that on his socials. And he just had this beautiful answer, might be ruining the, the surprise, but he went through and he just said it really, really well that your business is an expression of you. And whatever problems are showing up in your business is the problems that's showing up in you, which is kind of what we spoke about before we click record as well. And I think that's just beautiful to mirror what we're talking about here. If you're having cultural issues or connection issues, where's your connection issue with you? Are you connected with yourself? Are you connected with your partner? Are you connected with your team? So, and obviously this is very dependent on the size of the business, the amount of team members you've got, what it is that you're doing. We are very intimate. Like we have a team of three running the studio. So it's like between three people, they're running the whole business. So they're doing sales, marketing, they're doing the sessions, they're doing the client care, they're doing the events, they're doing everything. So very intimate team. If you've got a team of like a thousand, like this is completely different. Um, but for the size of businesses that I've ever worked with, like probably maximum 50 team is the maximum I've ever worked with. Um, but just having meeting rhythms where whether it's a daily huddle or a weekly check-in or whatever it may be, where you can actually connect with them. And there's, it's good to have those sort of set in moments of when you can check in and see how someone's traveling on a personal level. Because if you're struggling personally, it's going to affect you professionally. And you can say whatever you want. That's the truth. If you're not, if you're a six out of 10, you're being 60% of who you are. You're being the best version of your limited self. So it's really having times where you can systematically check in, which I think is the best way. Or also intuitively. Now, some people have more of the, the gift where you can feel more empathic if you want to use that as well, um, which I agree with. And some people can just intuitively feel when someone's a little bit off and all that stuff. And that's one of the gifts that I, I do have. Some people are like, it's funny when you talk to them, like you say, like, how are you feeling? This person like, has this big breakdown and like their partner or someone who knows them, like, oh my God, I didn't realize. It's like, well, you're just not listening. You're, you're not aware. You're just, you're so caught in your head and you're focused on other things. Like, like, be aware when someone's energy is a little bit off. Hey, look, just checking in and might not be the case. Maybe they just had a shit sleep or maybe they've just had a bad meal or the energy is a bit low, but just like checking in. Hey, man, I just wanted to check in. Is everything okay? You just seem a little bit off today and I just want to, want to check in and make sure you're all good. I do that randomly. I'm very removed from the business now, but I still check in with all of them. Obviously, there's only three people there, but I check in with them. Hey, just checking in, seeing what's going on. I catch up and do a sauna with them as well from time to time. But I do like having that personal relation. Again, it's limited depending on the size of your organization. But yeah, having that sort of personal touch and creating that culture of it where you can actually be safe enough to be open with each other and say, hey, look, I'm actually struggling a little bit with this. Um, can you help me out here? Do you mind if you take a little bit of my work and I'll take some of yours next week or I don't know, whatever it looks like. That's the culture I love building myself and I love uh, with my clients as well. But it just takes an actual culture of actually giving a shit about your team. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the I guess that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you said a good idea is to do a little morning huddle and ask like, how are you doing personally? How are you doing professionally? We do have little morning huddles, but I've never thought to kind of ask like that and give it a rating out of 10. I think that's such a good point that, um, you know, we can take away from that is to just check in with people and do it on a daily basis as well. See where they're at because, you know, things change from day to day and it's good to just check in and be really in touch with your team. Yeah. I love that. I'd love to know as well if, you know, anyone in my audience, anyone listening to this podcast has enjoyed listening to you, how could they work with you further? 
Oh, beautiful. And I just want to say thank you. You you create such a beautiful space to share and you're obviously making such beautiful impact with your businesses and now coming into the coaching realm, which is really, really cool to see. Um, Lewis Huckstep across the board, Instagram, I'm most active. If you actually want to talk to me directly, you can send me an email, um, lewis at lewishuckstep.com. I do have a website. As of the time of this recording, it looks pretty shit. So <laughs> give me a couple of months. Um, but yeah, we're working with someone to do that up at the moment. Um, but yeah, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram is definitely the most active. So if you want to message me there, you'll definitely get a response from me. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Definitely follow Lewis over on Instagram. We post lots of quick little tips on videos and they're amazing. So thank you so much for being on the show today and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. What an amazing episode. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with Lewis. He is such a wisdom filled person. He has done so much in such a short amount of time. And I absolutely loved having that conversation with him. I personally got a lot from it and I took away some things that I'm going to implement into my business. I really loved the fact that he said to do little daily check-ins with your team and ask them on a scale of one to 10, where they're sitting at personally, where they're sitting at professionally. I just think it's such a nice way to check in with your team members and see where they're at, not just from a business perspective. I know personally, I tend to check in with people a lot on a business perspective and I forget the personal aspects sometimes. So that was a really good reminder. And if you are looking for a mindset coach, someone to work with, to really dive into some of those things, he is absolutely amazing. I would definitely recommend checking him out. Go follow him on Instagram. Even his Instagram alone has so much value and I would definitely recommend working with him. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I'll be back next week with another episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it also. If you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.